We should do early morning yoga with Clone Army Radio. Just rename all of the moves and give them Star Wars names. We're strictly a yoga podcast. Star strictly Wars yoga. yoga podcast. <laughs> Ooh, and we could do like Star Wars voices. Mm, stretch your leg, you will. I'll have to work on it a little bit, but I can do it. <laughs> this is a great start to the show. This is this is ten out of ten. <laughs> all right. Frequency 1138 is all clear and clanker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Quit soldiers follow orders. Quit soldiers follow orders. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat, I found them. Clones. What is up, Clone Army? Welcome back to the best accidental Star Wars podcast this side of the galaxy. We're just simple clones making our way. Like our father before us. <laughs> I had to not look. You were doing the Lido. <laughs> I'm really impressed with myself that I've memorized it after all this time. I would hope so. I mean, it's pretty easy. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes you throw a wild card in there, and then sometimes Leto does the intro, which right. apparently is super popular with our listeners. I love that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. Bringing up listeners before we get into it, I want to find that really quick because I thought that was awesome. When I upload the episodes, I always put a question in there mm. and sometimes a poll just for people to vote on something and answer questions. And this one I did, uh, I think I just did the default, which is what what did you like about this episode? And we had a fellow Ohioan um, says all the Ohio talk for sure. I work up around Cleveland and it was cool to hear. This is the best part. It was cool to hear some Star Wars celebrities talk about it. LOL. (laughs) Also the trivia. That's always very entertaining. Keep up the great work. So thank you. We are Star Wars celebrities. Thank you. We are. I'll take it. Same. Um, Work and tell everyone I'm a celeb. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you. I mean, you could just be like, yeah, I'm. I play Ray in Star Wars, and people yeah, I'm, believe I'm, it. So I'm Daisy Ridley. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you could just say you're you're her stunt double. Yeah, I'll give that a go. Why not? Or just say you're her. Either way, I mean, I think either way works. So, but anyway, so we are here. Last week we were geared up to talk about uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but then there was so much Star Wars news and everything that we wanted to get on to, so we didn't. And we're going to do that again. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that again. Oh, (laughs) God. Give the people what they want. We're going to talk about Jedi Survivor. But there are a couple of things. What do you think? Do we have five minutes of... of, Can we do it? Do we have five minutes minutes of the boring stuff, and then we'll get into the good stuff? Do you think people will mind? (laughs) Well, don't call it boring. They're just going to, they're not going to listen. <laughs> okay. So there was some John Boyega stuff. There was. There was. What else, Charlie? Why don't you, you're all prepared. You're the journalist. I'm all prepared. <laughs> so we'll do a little, since uh, SAG-AFTRA and the WG, uh, the SAG-AFTRA and WGA combined strike is wrapping up its first week of striking, we're finally getting some trickle down about which Star Wars projects are potentially being affected. And a deadline has reported that Andor has halted filming. However, it then goes on in its article to say that production will continue here in the UK at Pinewood Studios um, without the SAG-AFTRA members 
uh, and it will continue to shoot as long as it can with the actors who fall under the agreements made by the UK Acting Union Equity. Nice. So it appears anything to do with its US counterpart is not filming. No one will be participating, writing, but anything that's UK focused is still continuing to happen. So kind of stopped, kind of hasn't. That's cool. I mean, obviously I respect the strike and all of that, but that's cool that Andor's still able to kind of keep the ball moving a little bit, just so hopefully, you know, people like Bob Iger will shut the F up and mm-hmm. and give people what they want, and then it can, you know, like it won't miss too much, hopefully. No. Speaking of Bob Iger, everybody's favorite bad guy, because mm. he's turning into a bit of a bad guy. Um, on what I can only presume is a golf course... Um, Bob Iger stands in his dad fleece and does an interview with CNBC where he talks about quite a few things. In- his dad fleece? It is a dad fleece. I'm not wrong. It's amazing. Um, after what he said, he doesn't deserve to be complimented for his fashion choices, quite honestly. Um, this was the same interview that covered things about kind of uh, retracting Star Wars products, slowing down a little bit. So I think he would, they, these interviewers were getting in as many questions as possible. Specifically about the WGA and SAG strikes, he said they are, quote, very disturbing and will have a, quote, very damaging effect on the whole business. He then went on to say, I quote, this is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. And whilst he, quote, respects the right and desire to be compensated fairly, but also the unions, quote, have to be realistic about the business environment and what this business can deliver. And he also states, just to just to top that off the cherry on the cake, that the strikes will cause a huge collateral damage. So considering every other major studio, MGM, Universal, have not said a word for Disney to come out two days after the strike started for Bob Iger to be like, I don't agree. I don't support it. They need to be realistic about what they want. Realistic, like, you know, 27 mil a year. I mean, that seems. Yeah, that's pretty realistic. Split that amongst Uh, the people who are asking for it. That seems fair. Yeah. Hey, there you go. He's just looking bad. I mean, does he care that he's making himself look bad when he makes that kind of money? Probably not. I don't think so. His arrogance blinds him. A little so no no updates, nothing really happening. Everyone's nope, standing their ground. And... Is yep. Still no one's like holding out, no one's hmm. everyone's going for it really. I think it may continue for some time. Yeah, I think so. I think we're in for a a long one. So quite a few US actors have already pulled out of UK Comic Con appearances, which I know has been disappointing for the people who are going to Manchester uh, Megacon this weekend. I'm so sorry, Anthony Starr isn't going to be there. I hope you guys have a wonderful time regardless. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the cons are really going to suffer, which sucks because, I mean, that's for people like us, fans. Yeah. You know, we, it's our time to go and meet and have a good time and all of that. Um, so it's a shame that a lot of people are pulling out. I get why, but... doesn't make it any less disappointing, I think. Exactly. Which is fair. Yeah. The rich people need to cut some holes in their pockets. And I said it last week, give the people <laughs> their due. You know, they, they're they the ones making you the money. Give them some. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about, I'm going to use an example that I don't want to use. Think about Ryan Johnson. Like if he, if he wrote, well, he did. Okay. He wrote The Last Jedi. Say he only made like 300 bucks to write that film. But there is a side of the fandom that it's their favorite movie. They love mm-hmm. it. People watch it over and over and over, and mm-hmm. he's only got $300. That's crappy. You know, that, that is, un- yeah, it is unfair. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that's happening to obviously not people like Ryan Johnson, but, but, you know, 
people that bust their butts every day just to to make house payments and stuff. Yep. Uh, I'll just be a broken record if I keep going. So, <laughs> speaking of the Last Jedi, that moves me nicely onto uh, John Boyega released a statement, had a chat about the Last Jedi and about his kind of feelings towards the the sequels. Now, some times has passed, and it's it was an interesting read. Definitely, it's clear that he's he's made peace with how Finn's character was handled and has spoken in this interview and a few times before about how he didn't have the best time. He wasn't happy with what happened to Finn's character. He wasn't happy with being put on the sidelines, partly, mostly, in fact, due to China and censorship issues, which, again, is deeply unfair. Um, Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that he's had some incredibly difficult times, the good and the bad go together to make up the actor that he is today. And it makes me very happy as a fan of the sequels and a fan of Finn to see John Boyega be at that comfortable place to speak honestly and say, I didn't like The Last Jedi. I didn't like making it. I didn't like the film when it was finished. I didn't like what they did with my character. And I think that's perfectly fair. Yeah, I I um, just pulled up the quotes uh, mm, when, he, when he said I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the choices in that. And that's something that I spoke to Mark Hamill a lot about. And we had conversations about it. And it was hard for all of us because we were separated. So I always hear these people like, oh, Mark Hamill retracted what he said. He never retracted it. He disagreed no. with what Brian's plans were for Luke. Mm-hmm. And... It's nice to hear that two characters that, in my opinion, two characters slash two actors that got done dirty in that film have come out and and said some things. I told I've I mean, I have respect for John Boyega regardless, Mm -hmm. but this really bumped that up, especially when he also talks about they should have fleshed out Luke's I'm paraphrasing. They should have fleshed out Luke's character a bit more, give him more moments of redemption, which I feel like was needed after The Last Jedi. I feel like Star Wars fans needed more time with the old characters that we love so much. Yes. And I'm like, right? That's Yes. It's it's about damn time some of these people have the to to come out and say what a lot of us fans feel. And and I'm glad it's John Boyega because I was all set for him to be my favorite new character when The Force Awakens came out. Yes. If if I and I've done this before, if I ignore the next two films, he is my favorite <laughs> character in the new films because he was so he was so gosh dang good and likable. Finn was everything I like in a character. He had his goofy moments. He had his badass moments. He had his I'm going to lie to the authority so I can go and rescue my friend. Uh, you know, when he said he knew his way around uh, Starkiller base and all of that stuff. And he's a I mean, he was a stormtrooper that turned. That's yeah. God, it just, it all wrote itself. And Ryan Johnson's like, nope. Such a brilliant companion to Ray as well. Like their friendship in The Force Awakens is amazing. I love it's, it so, so much. The chemistry between those two was so good that yes, they could have been friends or they could have been romantic yeah. either effing way. But yeah, it, it just, it worked. And that that scene um, when he sees her on um Jakku and he's like he's about to like he's looking around like should I help this guy I should probably help this girl and then all of a sudden she beats the heck out of those guys and he's looking around like anyone else see that <laughs> it's just like he's his impressed. acting yeah he was impressed his character was great his acting was awesome in that and then I mean you've got the ongoing joke in the next two movies where he just runs around yelling Ray it's a shame that it happened but I'm so glad that he's speaking out about it because he should 
I also think as fans, there's always time to listen to John Boyega specifically. I think even fans of the sequels have sympathy for what he experienced. Mm-hmm. So he deserves to have a bit of a go at it, quite honestly. He really does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think he'll be back? Yes. If Daisy Ridley's back, then he'll 100% come back. And I'm sure Oscar Isaac will as well. Didn't I feel like, though, he... I mean, yeah, and I mean, things can change. And it sounds like his tune has changed a little bit to where he's less like screaming angry and just kind of talking about what made him mad and how he's learned from it and all of that. But I feel like at one point he said he wouldn't come back if Kathleen Kennedy was involved. Hmm. Could be wrong. I know I know for a fact he said if JJ was involved, he would come back for sure. But I could have swore he said if Ryan and Kathleen were there, he was like, nope. (laughs) Pretty sure in this interview when he was asked, like, would you do you want to return to Star Wars? I think he said something along the lines of um, I love good scripts. I love good writing. I love good directors. I'm open to anything. You think he's already signed on for this new exactly. film? That's that's what that kind of language <laughs> implies. I'm not going to lie. We've we've sniffed out enough non-disclosure agreements before to now know what that language sounds like. So, yeah, as long as they write him the way that he should be. Um, yes. I'm all for it because he has and, allowed and, one race out. One. Yeah, just one. That's it. <laughs> and that really should even really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that should even be like at the beginning of the film. Like she's in the bathroom or something and he needs to go in there and he's like, Ray, get out. <laughs> yes. That. But yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't come back unless his character was written in a way that he was okay with. And I think the a lot of actors should really start doing that. Like imagine if Mark Hamill read the script of the last Jedi and was like, no, I'll breach my contract. I'm not doing it. I mean, I don't, I still think Ryan Johnson's cocky enough to be like, well, you're doing it. Certain characters. I think like these, I don't even know if I can really refer to Ray and Finn and Poe as legacy characters. Cause they haven't been around long enough, but they're still like, they're the new bigger characters. Don't make mm-hmm. that face. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad, but I think in certain films, certain uh, franchises, some actors should have more pull with the characters that they played for many freaking years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harrison Ford, I guarantee you, he said, you're killing Han Solo in The Force Awakens. It's the only way I'm doing it. Yeah, that was that was his. I'm pretty sure that has been confirmed that that yeah. was that was Harrison Ford's demand. Not so idea, not suggestion. Demand. demand. Right. <laughs> So if he can do it, then some of these other actors, I think, can do it. He said, I am contractually obligated to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wanted, he wanted to die in The Empire Strikes Back. So, but I don't know, whatever. I'm all for it if Finn is in the new film and he's a Jedi, as he should be. Yes. Um, and hopefully they give him a good story to, to team up with Rey. Get a flashback where he's telling Rey what he was going to tell her in The Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> I'm not asking for much. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah. Like, what were they? Th- uh, that could be a whole other podcast episode. But what were they thinking with that to never? I mean, we all knew what it was, but to not even end up telling her even at the end of the film. Obviously, they filmed that part. They just cut it out. They had to. Oh, they must have. It's hidden in an archive somewhere. We'll have to do like a national treasure and go and find it. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, could you imagine getting your hands on the George Lucas archive? Oh, mm. the gems. All right. We're going to do a road trip like the movie fanboys. Okay. Yes. 
Yes, 100% yes. Speaking of George Lucas, which leads Hmm. me nicely into the 70s when Star Wars was first created, Star Wars Outlaws. Hmm. Creative director, um, Garaiti, I did not get his first name, terrible journalism from me, uh, shared an interview with Edge magazine that Ubisoft has developed technology that emulates some of the lenses of the 70s to create a grainy and gritty Star Wars game. So you have vignetting, film grain, lens breathing, lens flare, all of these things that are subtle but come together to really add that cinematic experience and pump up that classic Star Wars aesthetic that we're so used to seeing. I'm That's assuming really cool. it will be like the Kurosawa filter in Knights of Tashinima when you can you can kind of switch it on and off. And oh, Ghosts. Yeah, Ghosts of Tashinima, sorry. Oh, that was such a yeah. cool addition to that game. That's one of my favorite all-time games ever. Like, even when I got rid of my PS4 and I'm like, I'm just going back to strictly Xbox, I kept that game. It's mounted on my wall because it's just, <laughs> it's That's one sweet. of my favorite games. Um, and then when I bought my PS5, I'm like, I kind of want to play it again. We have PS5 buddies now. Yeah, we are. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's that's exciting that they're doing that. There is also a uh, Star Wars Outlaws panel tomorrow at San Diego Comic-Con. So be prepared for like a full breakdown of that next week on the show because you know what I'm like. Yeah, we should totally do that. And quickly, quickly, quickly for San Diego Comic-Con, um, if you have a look through some of the kind of Star Wars leak subreddits and various other Star Wars subreddits, you will find pictures of. We have been shown a bunch of concept art for Ahsoka. And from what we've seen in the trailers, they've actually stuck really closely to the concept art. Doesn't seem to oh, be nice. much deviation. Like um, lightsaber displays for the Inquisitor, Ahsoka, um, Balin, and Shin, and Sabine's lightsaber, which is not Ezra's, like I theorized last week. So weird. So <laughs> weird that it's not his. I don't know. We'll get into it eventually. A few more weeks, the show will be on. And... Only a few more weeks to go. Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, okay. I mean, well, like four weeks. Today's what? Friday, 21st. So it's almost a, just under over a month away. Just over a month away. Oh, I know math. It's just under over. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. People all know what we mean. Yes. There is a new Lego Star Wars holiday special TV thing coming up entitled Mandoween. Mandoween. And if any of you know me, you know that Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Oh, yeah. Halloween is like a month long. It starts on the 1st of October for me. Like it's a, a month. Now that I think about it, I think I start decorating the house like right around the end of September. Any Brits listening have never had the pleasure of experiencing America at Halloween. I I insist that you try. and If you ever book a holiday to the States, go in October because it is the most magical thing. It mm. is everywhere every house every porch every shop every supermarket every shopping mall disney left right and center at halloween we love our halloween over here we try in this country but it's no it's not the same it's really not the same we stole it from you guys anyway i mean at least you stole it you guys try over there and yeah we do try we carve pumpkins and decorate nice. things and have parties and dress up and go trick-or-treating so yeah snuggle up this october and enjoy another lego star wars special because they are silly they are funnier than they should be they really are i've only watched one it was the uh the christmas one and i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun the summer vacation's really fun as well i've heard but i haven't i haven't had a chance to well, i haven't made the time to watch it but all right uh, are we are we good are we I think so. Oh, uh, the Lando series 
writer, script writer, who was supposedly pegged uh, for writing the script for the series, has come forward and said that since he submitted the script in 2020 to Lucasfilm, he hasn't heard anything. But but Kathleen Kennedy's always, yeah, we're we're doing it. <laughs> you know, uh, Donald Glover's really excited, but the guy that's writing the show hasn't no. heard a peep. I vote for no confidence in the leadership of Lucasfilm. <laughs> that is a bold statement. <laughs> I vote for new leadership. Is that, isn't that what Padme says in The Phantom yeah. Menace? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. You said delegate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, did you see the Jar Jar Barbie? Jar Jar Barbie? Yeah, did you see yeah. that? It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I saw that, I meant to send it to you, and then I forgot all about it. And I'm so a just Jarby girl in a Jarby world. Nice. <sighs> we need a Jarby film. We do. We need anything with Jar Jar Binks in, as long as it's not the deeply sad backstory where he's just a miserable jester that gets tomatoes thrown at him and nobody likes him anymore. Yeah, no, that's no fun. Like, we need- please not that. We need like I'd Jar Jar. Being, like obliterated by a single Death Star beam. That'd be better. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess put him out of his misery. He gets his tongue stuck in it, like in the Phantom Menace. Oh yes, my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, a remake of? Do a remake of Terminator with Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Jarminator. What? As the Terminator. <laughs> no, Jar Jar of Sarah Connor, obviously. <laughs> but we still have to call it Jarminator because I think that's a good name. Yeah. Jar Jarminator. Have you had wine? Is this <laughs> no? No. If I if I had alcohol in me, I'd probably be dancing or something right now. All right, Jedi Survivor. Are we doing it? Are we good? Yes. Loud alarm noises. From this point onward, there will be spoilers, 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 and more spoilers. If you have not played the game or finished the game, proceed at your own risk. We have warned you. Heavy spoilers. Heavy duty spoilers. Everything about the game that that we can think of, that we wrote down, we're talking about Mm -hmm. the ending, we're talking about story, we are, we're getting into it. Spoiler alert. I just wanted to start and say that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is probably like the most phenomenal game I've played Star Wars wise in a long time. If anyone's a fan of just Star Wars or action and adventure video games, I think you'd have a great time with it from start to end. It delivers on being like an immersive, intense, engaging experience that had me hooked. Like I would come home from work and usually I'm like tired. I'm like, I want to play video games, but I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. Screw it. This game had me staying up late for me is like seven, eight in the morning. Um, I would stay up that late just playing it because I was hooked. I, oh, I'll just do like one little mission or work on a bounty or whatever. I would say, oh, I'll just do like 30 minutes and it would be like two hours easily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just I wanted to play it all the time. So like between the story and the environments and the gameplay, it just stands out as one of the best games in the last few years. And while I've kind of taken some time, I don't want to say time off, but just not enough time to play certain games. I've, this is one of the ones like I've in the past few years, I've played Spider-Man, which was amazing. I played Cyberpunk 2077, which was really good, could have been better. I, and I'm trying to think, I know I played something else and it's just it's not clicking. But I think this one 
stands right up there with them. This was this was a really fun Star Wars experience that ever since we talked about doing a, a review episode about it, I've been like kind of want to play it again. Um, mm-hmm. But I've made a pact with myself that the only way I'm going to play it again is when it gets straightened out on PC, whether it has by now or not. I don't know. I haven't paid attention. But the next time I play it, I'm not going to play it on the Xbox or the PlayStation. It's going PC with mods because why not? <laughs> Gotta have mods. Nice. That's that's my thing, and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. <laughs> it's been a while since it's been a while since we played Fallen Order, and I think oh, yeah. I'd I'd played a lot of games in between playing Fallen Order and coming to Jedi Survivor. So I think I'd forgotten quite a lot of what we'd experienced in that game, and Survivor was such a huge breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. What an incredible game from start to finish, like you said. I have pages and pages and pages of notes. I really do. I've no idea where to start. <laughs> I just, I had a brilliant time. So much made me gasp, made me cry. I was emotionally invested. I was yeah. <clears throat> like you, losing hours to it because it, it leads you on so nicely between one task to another task to another task. And before you know it, it's been four hours and your hands are cramping. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to keep seeing what was going to happen next. Um, I don't, you bring up Fallen Order and I don't remember a lot of it because this game's kind of taken over that memory. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like I want to say that maybe the story was a little bit better in Fallen Order, but that's not a knock on Survivor at all. I just think that, I think because it's like hopefully a trilogy, we talked about that there's. Yeah, there's a third one, hopefully, you know, in in very pre-production. But I think, like, just the story overall, it's the same old kind of story. In Star Wars, your typical, what we've seen over the last however many years. But they do so many things in this game to make it a fresh story. And we're seeing, we're playing as a a Jedi Padawan that's become a Jedi Knight throughout Mm -hmm. two games now. And... It's fun watching him grow. It's fun being a part of it. And he's seen his masters die like any most, you know, a lot of other Jedi. Luke. Yes. I mean, Ray, if you want to say, well, she didn't, she saw Han die, but we're seeing these masters die. And it's, it's the same old crap. And Star Wars, not, <laughs> it's the only way I can really word it. It's not a knock on it. It's just, it's tried and true. And it is tried and true because it works. It is. And, and and the uh, the game writers for this game have just they've done a great job to make it feel new, even though it's old. And and I really appreciate that. I not one time while playing it did I go, oh, this is dumb. I've seen this before. No, exactly, exactly. The the story felt so specifically. The story felt so compelling and enjoyable. It was split roughly into kind of like five chapters. Mm-hmm. There were elements that did feel a little disjointed. But overall, I kind of I enjoyed the flow of it. Um, It was a set of ideas that seemed quite new to Star Wars canon, especially to me as somebody who's not terribly versed in extended universe slash High Republic, specifically concepts like the array. I found when that was brought into the conversation of the game, my ears were pricked. I was interested. I was like, what is this? A wormhole? How do I how do I relate this to the hundred of other sci fi things I've seen? 
Um, I know fans of the High Republic were eating so good in this game. Every mm -hmm. single corner turn, there was a whacking reference to the back lore of the High Republic. Costumes, styles, stories, aesthetics. And it made me as a player who doesn't know that much about the High Republic really want to go and get into it post-game. Yeah, I could see that. I was really trying hard to get into the High Republic when it started. Mm -hmm. I've done I've done some mentions of it throughout our older episodes, but uh, it's not bad. It's just confusing. There's so yes. many so many characters now. There's different timelines. They started phase was a phase one. I don't remember. That's a Marvel term. I don't know if that's what they used, but uh, like phase one was one thing, and then they like phase two or whatever jumps way back like 100 or mm. 200 years from phase one and i'm like what the heck i'm so confused there's so many characters i just i had a hard time following like i think i even at one point put a post up online of like a guy with a whiteboard and a chart with just stuff everywhere because that's how i felt like i needed all of that but the stories i've read in the high republic are really good um I didn't I didn't care for Light of the Jedi, the first one. It was a little slow, but after that, the ones I read were really good. Mm. Um I thought it was great, and I thought I wrote something down about it too. Uh is it Dagon Gera, the uh the High Republic yes. Jedi? I thought that that was a cool touch to to have this suspended in stasis Jedi from that era and they bring him out. I was a little disappointed that he wasn't like the big bad. Where they, yes. they flipped it over to, again, spoilers here, uh, Bode was the big bad, which was Ooh. okay. I mean, who doesn't like a good story about a someone that calls you their best friend and then stabs mm -hmm. you in the back and then you who have to beat their ass? Who doesn't love a double cross? <laughs> yeah. The story moved between these aspects of like friendship, love and betrayal super kind of seamlessly. Yeah. Do you think the characters, some characters were more neglected in terms of storytelling? I would have loved to see some more of Merrin. She's been away for five years. What's she been up to? Give me some flashbacks. I know Star Wars likes a good flashback. Mm -hmm. um, I will argue, though, it is a Cal centric story. So I understand why maybe some of these other characters took more of a backseat because we are advancing in Cal's storyline. Right. And it also, I don't know if you agree with this, I think especially looking at the story as a whole, it felt like there was maybe a planet missing or some cutscenes missing. Like Dagon comes out of the tank and immediately he turns bad. Mm. With some of the pacing of other aspects of the story, I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit. It maybe felt like Dagon was supposed to be your ally for a while and then turns against you. Or it that's that's good that you brought that up because I kind of forgot about that. It did feel very rushed mm. that he, but at the same time, in those flashback scenes of him and I'm never going to remember his Jedi friend's name from then. His you lady could, friend. His lady friend, right? He was kind of he was turning at that point, so maybe. I think I don't know. I think because I've because I grew up with the Anakin Skywalker. Oh, the Jedi are mean to me, so I'm going to kill them. Mm -hmm. It was it frustrated me a little to see basically the same set of motivations. Like the Jedi don't agree with me, so I'm going to go bad. I'm going to go to the dark side. I'm going to show <laughs> them all. I'm going to be the worst Sith you've ever seen. Rah! And it yeah, it was so bad they had to stick him in a stasis tank. That's a good comparison. That that might be one of the weakest parts of the game, honestly. He's, um, you you meet him, he turns, you chase him for a bit, and then you kill him almost in the space of, I think, about two hours if you played it straight through. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm and sure. And for such a fascinating character. Also, big up disability representation, Dagon being an amputee character without any kind of prosthetic, no kind of aspects right. of transhumanism or droid input. And the fact that he was able to manipulate the Force as if he still had an arm to fight as if that arm was separate from his body. That was really cool. Really, really interesting uses of the Force. Yeah, I, I liked that a lot, too. The last fight against him was so annoying. <laughs> I think it took me about, I'm going to be honest, it took me about four or five attempts to get it, to kind of learn the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was like with all these, all these uh, bosses in the game, there were like certain patterns you had to follow. But yeah, I remember getting really pissed fighting him. I was not a fan, but I liked the character. Oh yeah. Really um, interesting. Very handsome too. (laughs) Nice. Just seeing that. They're tying some high republic into it. it was a really good move on on their part. You know, it gets like like you said right there that it, it has you interested in wanting to check out those stories now. It's good marketing. Oh, it, absolutely. Some very, very, very clever marketing. Um, there's quite a lot of further implications for the wider story, especially when you consider this is going to be like a trilogy of games. We are getting really close to a new hope by this point. Oh, yeah, we gotta be. We are getting so close. There's now, there's Tanalor, there's the Hidden Path, which is created for Fallen Order and then fleshed out in Survivor and then kind of added to by the Kenobi series. And oh, is this just a way yeah. to bring back like a grizzled Mace Windu? Or does the third <laughs> game mean that the rest of the Jedi finally die so that Luke can start his journey as the new Jedi? It, what if Calamarin have a baby? A, mm. a, knight, a Jedi knight sister? Jumping to the end, I know they have a baby, but they can make more babies. <laughs> wait, they have a baby? They adopted. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> you missed a, a secret sex scene that you get to unlock at the end. It's like a special ending. Oh, oh, you'll have to send me the code. <laughs> <laughs> it's up, up, down, down, A-A-B-B. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they totally should, though. I think I think we'll wait a little bit to get into the Cal and Marin stuff, oh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the that was an interesting moment too. Was the path that they they brought up the path? I'm like, okay, this is cool. More things being tied together. I've I've been questioning making everything canon and how everything would get tied together. And this is a a pretty solid. I don't want to say start because I've done it in other. Uh, mediums but this was this was a cool uh addition yeah it felt it felt authentic it didn't feel shoehorned in it didn't feel like oh oh we need to we need to put something in here that means it connects to the actual live action stories it was of course this is what sia's done she shaved her head she's had a whole reinvention of herself and she's gone off and made the hidden path we're here for it (laughs) i wonder what that opens up for like another game if you know, like mm. you were saying, I mean, will we see other Jedi? I've, I, yeah, I wonder if this is going to be like Cal and, and Merrin, like traveling like the galaxy and collecting lost Jedi and bringing them to Tanalore. But then what if the Empire, what if Darth Vader finds Tanalore and then Death Stars it? What mm. if this, the last game ends on Alderaan? <laughs> That's kind of morbid. <laughs> see it could go it could go I, I don't i really don't think he's gonna get a happy ending i really don't because jedi don't it's a canon event that's true they don't that would, that would be a shame maybe they'll mm. just live happily ever after on tanalore i hope so yeah. i hope so that would make for a really crappy third game 
<laughs> you just yeah, kind of like Jedi. make dinner and, and Jedi Untitled Game Three only cozy gaming. Yeah, <laughs> only gardening and fishing and there animal is, care. There is only story mode for difficulty. <laughs> story mode and no enemies. Yeah. Oh, that'd be terrible. But yeah, more than likely there's going to be a, a rough ending. I had something I wanted to bring up and I can't find it now. I wanted to talk some of the locations and visuals I wanted to kind of just nice. talk about. I think to pronounce Kobo, right? Yeah. Um, That little town where uh, Grease's bar and all that is was so ripped right out of like a Clint Eastwood film. I freaking loved it so much yes. to the point where there's like stables with the, uh, is it Neko? Neku? I can't remember Neko. what they were called. You no. can stable, if you find pretty ones in the wild, you can stable them and keep them. Yep. I had a blue one that I named George. Aww. George was amazing. I was honestly, I was disappointed a little bit that there were only a couple planets to go back and forth to, but the amount it felt open world, like every planet, especially Kobo, was very, huge. very cleverly done. Yeah. Very linear paths to follow, but in a way that made it feel like you were deciding where you wanted to go. You right. were choosing what direction you were taking and which cliffs you were going to climb. It was it was good. It was a good use of the game engine, I think, a really good use. And the Coruscant blew my mind. It's always been one of my favorite planets mm -hmm. ever since I first watched like The Phantom Menace. I would often miss dialogue, references, important bits of story because I was too busy staring at the ceiling <laughs> and like standing on ledges to look down at like the down at the depths and all the way up to the top. Um, I, th I just think they did a really remarkable job as far as like it felt like you were there. Yes. You were in these environments. Like I'll jump back to Coruscant in a second, but like on uh, Kobo, you could almost stand there, look outward and take in a breath of air from Kobo. Like that's yes. how they really did just a great job of sucking you into it. Uh, Coruscant looked just how I would want it to. Yes. The only thing, it's a nitpick, I guess, was how great would it have been if you could walk through some of the crowded streets, like with other aliens and other people? I would have loved to gone to have gone kind of like Star Wars Underground, like 1313, and had kind of the open streets of Coruscant on the that, upper levels. That would have been really cool. That really would have been cool, but... I'll take what we got. It was it was a cool intro to Coruscant. I'm sure we'll probably see it more in other games in the future. What did you think of that? And this is going way back for me, and you may not even be able to go back that far. The first mission on Coruscant with that crew that you're working for Saw Gerrera. Mm -hmm. um, God, I'm not going to remember her name now. Was it Jill, maybe? The girl that was in the crew? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, she's super likable. I like this character. And I'm like, oh, okay, these characters are decent. And then, boom, they're all dead. <laughs> oh, I know. What a way to start the game. It's like, what? You just made me like these new characters and you killed them right away. <laughs> Very brave, I think, in, in storytelling mm -hmm. to do such things, which makes me really love and appreciate it. But at the same time, I was like, damn it, I like these characters. I think my only nitpick in terms of visuals is really that so locations that are Star Wars like already exist within Star Wars, like Coruscant and the Imperial bases looked so detailed, so polished, so beautifully finished. Every tiny little detail was perfect. However, specifically planets like Jeddah ended up feeling a bit samey, specifically the outdoor locations and these planets that were new to Star Wars and new to the game felt like maybe 
not quite as much energy have been put in by the devs as compared to the kind of walled-in levels like Coruscant and the Imperial bases. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I think Jeddah is my least favorite planet. It was my least favorite because I could never figure out where the hell I had to go. Ah, uh, yes. Because where it the, all looked Do I go same. now? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> there were some cool like sightseeing parts oh, yeah. in there. But but yeah, it was every time I had to go to Jeddah, I was like, ugh. <laughs> and and really that that was one of the ones I was most excited for with, to go to when the game came out. But Kobo was way better. Mm. It was way more uh, fleshed out, and you could tell that there was a lot of love going into Kobo. Where yeah, like and and not not a knock on the people that made it, but no, not just, at all. Just felt a little less um, for Jeddah. Mm. it's a desert it's ancient ruins and stuff i mean how how excited can you be unless you're indiana jones or this is true or nathan drake or something you know what i mean <laughs> like so i get it but overall i think i think the visuals were, were great i i liked the different places i liked there we go fallen order i got to a point where i could not stand having to go anywhere in that game because you always had to backtrack your way out yeah you had your little shortcuts you could unlock but this game did so much better where you could go to a meditation point and fast travel your way the F out of where yes. you had to go. And and even if you didn't want to fast travel, it was easier to navigate. The map made yeah. more sense. Um, I remember reading that they worked hard on making sure that people weren't forced to backtrack every single level exactly the way they just come. They had to know either from just their own experiences or from feedback from other players that they had to change that and bravo to them. It seems like they listened in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. It seems like they listened. Since we've been kind of threading through with the story, I wanted to talk a little bit about the characters individually, specifically, like obviously starting with Cal. Um, mm. Oh, how my boy has grown. Right. He was just a wee little baby in Fallen Order and now he's a man. With a beard. <laughs> With a beard. <laughs> I had, I think everyone had a little bit of a crush on Cal in the first game, but now it's, 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 it's unbearable. It really is. Um, not only is the age maturity visible on Cal's face, but it's in his actions, his behaviors, his wants, and even his speech, even the way he speaks to other characters. Mm -hmm. To finally be able to explore a Jedi's complex relationship with the dark side in a way that felt tangible. Yeah. Nothing short of amazing. By the time you reach those dark side powers at the end of the game, you have earned that power. It feels intoxicating. It feels addictive. I think it yeah. got to certain points where I almost didn't want to use it in case it was going to be some kind of bad payoff further along in the game or I'd corrupt Cal or I'd be corrupted myself. That's a really good point. Man, they really wrote that so well. <laughs> so well. Again, it was just very immersive. To speak on the one thing I said a couple weeks ago, I, I had said something about the acting being like a little less in this one. But I, I felt this as I kept playing the game, that it's just, it's him. He's changed. He's not... Mm -hmm. He's not like, all right, buddy, you know, talking to BD1. He's not like all like little kid and excited. He's more like, all right, let's we got to do this. This the mission, the mission matters. Um, he's changed so much in a way that was so believable that. Yes. That it kept me going. He's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. He's I, just really well written. At points, you could have told me I was watching a movie and I'd have believed you. Oh, yeah, easily. 
I was so impressed with the positive changes to Cal's character development. He feels conflicted, but determined and unsure about the wider future, but so sure about his own. I can't wait to see how he develops in the third game. It is a fantastic kind of collaboration between writers and um motion capturers and facial capturers and then Cameron Monaghan himself like an absolute credit to Star Wars he really really is mm-hmm. amazing amazing job with Cal I can't remember where I heard this but someone was like oh and he is I guess in a sense not a very well-known actor no but but he played I don't think it was I didn't really watch the show that much because I thought it was terrible but Gotham um he was kind of like either the Joker or a Joker in that show. Yeah, and he was specifically inspired by Mark Hamill's performance as right. like the Joker, and that's how they ended up connecting together and getting to know each other. But he killed it as as that character in that show. Oh. He was awesome. So like, I mean, he's got some really good acting chops. Very much so. I have a feeling we're going to end up seeing a live action Cal in, in oh, some 100%. manner, whether it's a appearance in a movie or a show or his own show or something. I think at some point we're going to see that. Um, what else? I wanted to say one other thing before you get back to the characters. Uh, I don't remember, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Marin. I, I'm going to say it. I didn't like Marin's costume or her haircut. In this game? In Jedi Survivor, no. But I am not here to yeah. tear a girl down. I'm really not. <laughs> I was right there with you. I was I was actually uh, guys, it's going to sound silly because I'm a grown man and it's a video game, but she was pretty hot in oh, yeah. Fallen no, Order. She absolutely was. She was extreme. And, she I mean she's still hot in this game, yeah. but but the that haircut is and the hair. Yeah. It didn't I was like, "Come on. Go back to go back to that hairstyle from the other game." <laughs> go back to the half up half down. It's late. For real. Marin has softened considerably since Jedi mm. Fallen Order. She she still keeps her walls up, but that kind of violence and threat of aggression that we were so used to seeing from her, like, don't touch me, I will kill you, okay. is a laugh and a joke now. Like, in the flashbacks where they were having dinner together and she was joking with Cal about how horrible the food is, and mm-hmm. when she, she pokes fun at Grease, but she doesn't really mean it, she's just playing. There were some beautiful moments between her and Cal, and I know, I literally, I have this written down in my notes, I know Johnny wants to talk about the Cal and Merrin love story. <laughs> Which, for one, I'm delighted they continued with. I felt so cheated that there was no kiss in the first game, but Survivor delivers a hundred percent. Oh God, they—that's another thing that they did so well in this game was they made this relationship real. They made yes. it. I mean, if you want to talk about the Cal and Marin thing now, we can. Yes. I had heard that there was like a book. I think that led into this game, yes. and there was a part that made me worry that they were going to just destroy the Cal and Marin relationship. I don't know if you heard about it, that she had, I think a relationship with a, you know, a girl in the book yeah, or whatever. She, she had a relationship with one of her fellow night sisters. I believe she spoke about kind of that she would like love her forever and go to the end with her and something like that. But like, I think she ran into either that character or somebody else or something in the book. And I was like, no, they're not going to ruin Cal and Marin. It's funny because again, I just, sometimes I feel like I'm a little, sometimes I feel like I'm a little too old to get caught up in this kind of stuff. No, it's it's sweet. It's romantic. (laughs) 
so we've like, grown to love these characters. You form attachments with them, and exactly. And they did like their the way they met and everything in Fallen Order. It just it worked so well that I'm like they mm-hmm. gotta continue this. So I was nervous playing this game, and I actually like I have up on my other monitor like a spot that I think it was like the first kind of like hint towards the relationship moving you know progressing and uh i'm just gonna play it just because why not um go ahead thank you but i can manage right there that's right the you know. nasty little side smile he gives. Look at it. <laughs> little <blur>. Disgusting. <laughs> the little stumble of the, I think it was called a spammel, which is hilarious yes. to me. And he grabs her leg and she grabs his waist and they go into that like really slow-mo capture of, of the two. And yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're continuing this love story. <laughs> and then to combine it with one of the coolest parts of the game, when you reach that platform in Jeddah and you're fighting this huge like metal monster and Meren's like, follow me. And there's portals and you're, you're flying and right before it, he's fumbling and faffing and stressing and panicking and she mm. just grabs him and kisses him to shut him up. And it's, it's wonderful. It's so like, yes, go girl, go girly. Well done. <laughs> the dialogue for that too. I think, I think if I'm thinking of the same part, he's like, is that for luck? And she goes, no, that's for me. And yes. I was like, and then grabs him and throws him. <laughs> yeah. That was really cool. I, I mean, these two for me are right up there with Han and Leia and Kanan and Hera as uh, the relationships in Star Wars. It was paced really well as far as how they built the two up back to. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And uh, like they had that conversation on their little campfire. And I'm trying to think of when they had the conversation. I don't think it was then. I think it was later. And this takes me back to what I was trying to say about Cal earlier. Uh, he says, I know what I want now. And she's like, it took you long enough. And then <laughs> they do like the actual Star Wars kiss, you know, and it just made sense. And I'm so glad that they did it. I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did because it had to. Like I said, I was like nervous about it, that they were going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, Star Wars hates relationships half the time, more than it half does. the time. So. Um, it was such a powerful moment for Cal realizing that not everything the Jedi Order stood for was correct. Right. And denying himself his feelings for Meryn was making it more complicated for him in the long run, more complicated for her. And it, yeah, it was just handled beautifully. It really, really was. I think that that it seems like a lot of Jedi are realizing this as we we move forward in the storytelling that you cut, you know, love and relationships out of your life. It's just going to destroy you. You're not Mm -hmm. happy that way. And I mean, Look at what the denial of love did to Anakin. Yeah. Brigade. That made Darth Vader. Like, yeah. no thank you. No more of those. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you can see it with him. You can see it with other characters throughout. Like, I think a little bit of uh, Quinlan Voss with Asajj Ventress. Read that story. Dark Disciple. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke wasn't really in a relationship. Although I heard in one book there was like a brief one. But I think he saw it because of he saw what happened to his father. And obviously you go into the expanded universe and 
Jedi are getting married left and right. And yes, <laughs> and they should. They shouldn't cut that out. It's it's destroyed them all. Not at all. Except unless you're Keanu Mundi and you have like fifteen thousand wives. <laughs> nice picture of the actor. It's awesome. He was so lovely. Um, For the point three seconds I was stood in his presence. <laughs> but that was definitely one of my favorite parts of of the game was those two. I do agree. Yeah, that she looked a little. Her outfit was a little odd, but whatever. She was cool. Um, I had I loved the moments where you could team up with her. Yes, those were good. That felt meaningful that felt relevant it also the like the the actual ai wasn't too broken either they actually contributed and fought and took health off of enemies it didn't just feel like a a space filler there were moments when you were teaming up with bode that i would go to like fight some of the enemies and he'd already have them killed and i'm like dude what are you doing (laughs) do you mind this is my game right speaking of bode voiced by the same actor who played admiral rampart in bad batch Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Uh, Noshir Dalal. I, because I am naive, um, I fell for Bode charade hook, line and sinker. I was double crossed by the double cross. I really was. Oh, really? Um, I loved the, the the teasing, almost flirtatious relationship between him and Cal at the beginning. Yeah. Totally like, I am not the only one who picked up on that. That was. There were a couple of times where I'm like, dude, chill. Just <laughs> ask him on a date. God, <laughs> I'm sure he'd say yes. Regardless of that, I really enjoyed seeing Cal have a friend and a buddy, especially as we're so used to pursuing this game by ourselves. Like Fallen Order was a very solo experience. True. And it's nice to see Cal have some friends. But we also know that whenever Jedi make friends, whenever they trust, whenever they open up, they get hurt. Every time, yeah. Every time, as is the nature of things. I didn't necessarily pick up that there was going to be an issue with Bode until after you defeat Dagon. And he gets some little nasty attitude on for no particular reason. And that was the first mm. time I was like, hmm, that's odd. I think that's that's probably about when I figured it out as well, just because I was more of like, OK, well, yeah, Dagon's gone. The game isn't over yet. There's still more to do. Yeah, so there has to be. His place? And then he was that like, was the confusion I had as well. It was, well. Dagon's dead, but the game isn't. We're only the the thing says I'm only forty five percent of the way through. Yeah, and then I was thinking, oh God, is Darth Vader going to show up and kill Cal at the end? And I'm like, that would suck. <laughs> kind of happens, but not kind Cal. of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, but um, how did I mean? How did you feel about Boat as a character? Interesting. Um, I I know a lot of people probably are. I will never get tired of like possessive dad fighting for the rights of his child and. We love like a tragic backstory. I lost my mum. There was a, a creepy little child song that she didn't need to sing 800 times over. But here we are. Um, <sighs> I just enjoyed the kind of desperation from Bode. Like he was so desperate to save his daughter that he died himself in the process. That was that was like a sacrifice that was worth making in his mind because he was so deluded. <laughs> yeah, he he made a lot of Anakin choices that yes a lot of very emotional choices yeah i liked him i thought he was a fun character I, I enjoyed the conversations that they had yes yeah i mean right down to when he says kel's my best friend <laughs> i'm like dude you're such a prick fun fact from when you're exploring bode's bedroom um and his house there is a, a picture like a hollow picture on the wall of him his wife and their daughter Kata. um first off his wife 
in the picture is wearing a hijab, like a, a head covering, which is, uh, I think, possibly the oh. first hijab like wearer we've seen in Star Wars. No kidding. And I thought that was pretty cool. And on top of that, the picture that that, that they've had taken, they're on Batu. Are they really? They're outside Ogre's Cantina. Oh, wow. And there I didn't are also even notice. quite a lot of assets for Batu that are either locked in the game files or have been used in the world. Hmm textures and symbols and signage and typeface and very interesting makes me wonder if that will be one of the planets we get to visit in the third game because that would be pretty cool that would be yeah because i think they actually said they were not doing dlc again no i'm surprised they don't do it for this this game or the one before it but whatever just keep making the games i'll be happy i guess yeah same how did you feel about Bode's betrayal? Did it upset you? Did it frustrate you? Did you see it coming? I, I'm trying to remember. To be honest, I think, I think it was that conversation we had just had that he kind of turned and had an attitude with Cal at that point when Dagon was killed. Yeah. I started to get kind of annoyed about it. I think, and <laughs> and when I got to fight him, what was the first fight? Was that the chase, like on the speeder bike and stuff? Yeah, that was really fun. That was yeah. really, really fun. It was, it was giving me um, the pod racing game. That's what it was reminding me of. Oh yeah, totally. I thought he was a cool friend for Cal, but I also enjoyed beating the hell out of him in the fights. I was okay with it. I think that it was, it worked for the story. Like you said, he wanted to make sure his daughter was going to be okay and all of that. And mm-hmm. I don't have like my own kids, but I kind of understand that aspect of you will put yourself in harm's way for your kids and you will do whatever you can to make sure that they're safe. So I respect that in a character. It worked. It worked well. It reminded me a lot of um, when Anakin is confronted by Padme on Mustafa and he's he's so desperate to keep her alive that he nearly kills her. He nearly kills his own children. It it escalates because of delusion and desire for what is right, but that becomes twisted and it becomes distorted. There is even a moment that he yells at his daughter in this. Yes. Towards the end of the game. I remember that now. Yeah. Snaps at her the way he's snapped at suddenly everyone is against him, even his own child who is completely innocent and is obviously grieving the loss of her mother has an unstable family home, an unstable family life where her father is in and out. And I think Cal and Marin will make very good parents. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Marin's going to be the scariest mum you've ever met in your life. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get on her bad side. <laughs> it made me sad to start the game and not have the Mantis crew together. Mm. Obviously, five years, everyone going their separate ways, and Cal really bitter about that. I think he mentions it to everybody at least three times. Why did you leave? You left. You left. You yep. broke up with me. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting touch. That mm. because I mean, I, I just assumed that it would kind of start out a new adventure with the crew, and to find out that it's just I you and BD One, I'm like, okay, this. I did too. But it all came together in a in a really good way, and. Of course, it didn't end very well, but... Somewhat made the kind of triumph of the first game of bringing everyone together and forming this family from where you'd had none. It kind of made that feel a little obsolete, starting the game with everyone gone. Mm. But you gained that back pretty quickly, and that made me happy. Like, you sort of pick everyone up all together, and suddenly everyone's in the ship. It was lovely to have Grease back. Love the braids. Brilliant. (laughs) I like his character. He reminds me of uh, Rio from the Solo movie. 
Just like yes. same type of personality. Yes. Seer seemed a little darker, which is weird because of what the good she was doing. But she just seemed mm. very like kind of cold and dark. She's a cool character. Was a cool character. Rip. Oh, yeah. Rip. <laughs> playing with her, like playing as her was amazing. Mm-hmm. The power, like the raw power you felt you had. That was a really interesting part of the game because they almost, at least for me, it gave me a feeling like Cal might have been dead at that point. Yes. And I was like, oh, no. The way it happens as well makes you feel like, oh, God, I've done something wrong. I've died. I need to hit respawn. And then you respawn as Seer, which is just so cool. Such an interesting use of that mechanic. Absolutely. I did forget about Cal almost immediately and was like, behold, my Jedi powers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was honestly, at first I was like, I was, I don't want to say upset, but I was just confused. I'm like, no, they're not going to kill Cal off, right? Like, you can't do that. But then I started doing that battle that as you're playing a seer and I'm like, this is effing cool. (laughs) Oh, massively, massively cool destroying hordes of stormtroopers and ATSTs, and I'm like, oh my god, don't you even like shoot boulders or something at it? It's either an AT-AT or an ATST. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... The planet's being destroyed, and the ATATs are storming into the archive, and you're rushing through the burning doors, and honestly, seeing the archive in flames made me cry. Oh, I know. Jocasta knew would not have been happy. Yeah, Yeah. after all the work it took them to get that set up in there, too. And at this point, we've already lost Eno Cordova, which was sad enough already. I didn't need to see a droid grieve. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's hard. Cruel. And who comes through the bloody double doors? Darth Vader! I know. I was like, oh, Seer's dead. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to accept it, and I was like, but but Darth Vader's like Hulk Hogan. Nobody beats Hulk Hogan. Right. I I was honestly, I was kind of confused, too, that, well, I know I can't defeat him, and this isn't the end of the game. It can't be the end of the game, so what the hell's going to happen? But it just played out so well. Oh, that was such a cool, it was, okay, it was a hard as hell fight. I only, I yes. think I, I played the normal difficulty. I didn't jack it up too high, but it was still pretty hard. <laughs> what, were you on the hardest one? No, I was on uh, story mode for most of it. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah, I... I just stuck with normal. I don't want to piss myself off. Four attempts to beat Vader. He was tough. He was very, very tough. As he should be, right? I mean, you shouldn't be able to just kick his butt. But uh, I think that's part of what the process was to keep to keep dying, so you could learn, which is what you would have to do if you were a Jedi. There was so much that kind of flowed with what we understand of Jedi teaching and Jedi training, and it made me feel like I was in fact a Jedi. It's funny you say that because (laughs) a little backstory. I would always get pissed off when I played Call of Duty, but my anger always made me better. Like I would just, oh, yeah. as soon as as soon as I would get, it would it's a, for me. I was such an ass. I would get killed once in Call of Duty, and I would just be angry. I'm like that cannot happen. <laughs> and then I would just mow everybody down. Um, and it's total opposite with this game. Was I was getting so pissed off in some of these boss fights that I was getting killed faster. And the second I was calm. It was like the easiest. I felt like Neo just yes. blocking everything. And it's so crazy that you say that because this game is so well effing made that it can yep. make you feel like, oh, I need to be like a Jedi to win this fight. Yep. You have to put the controller down, take a deep breath, center yourself. Mm-hmm. 
there's no there's no button mashing unless you sort of get to the dark side power bit at the end then you can button mash that's absolutely fine right right that's the fun bit <laughs> no it's it's strategic and emotional and you're you're invested and you care about these characters so it means something speaking of the gameplay in general yes i loved it i i really loved all of it i I love the interactions. I love the kind of the um, RPG aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get on to combat mechanics. Don't worry. Oh yeah. But my only real issue, I think, with the gameplay is, if I'm being honest, by time you've leveled up all of your skill trees and you've got your dark side powers, the game is pretty much done. True. Um, I wish the pacing of the skill tree was a little different so you could gain a little bit more of this power a little earlier on and have some more time to enjoy it. More enemies, more boss fights, more mini boss fights. Um, after the story's done, it's hard to want to. It's not a game that offers much in terms of replayability value. I think that's been my biggest issue with the game so far. It's kind of a one and done unless you're massively into 100%ing. Which I was until I tried doing... Um those like puzzle ones, the force tiers or whatever, screw those things. So, you know, I told you that people are speed running the game. Yeah. People are now speed running like the force memories, the force shards. Like the, the force tiers, like the, yep. where you have to jump certain yep. ways and dodge, screw mm-hmm. that. I got to like, I think I was at like 60 something percent on those. Cause in on the Xbox, it'll show you your percentage towards yeah. the achievement. These are so like, I was ripping out what hair I have left on my head. <laughs> I was like, screw this. <laughs> there were definitely some gameplay issues. I know the, uh, the bounty puck glitch got yeah. so many people and it took the devs a long time to get around to patching that for people's interest. That has now officially been properly fixed and update patch was released today that hopefully should fix it across all platforms. Oh, nice. I know they so fixed if, it on the Xbox like a week or two ago. So If you were struggling to finish that particular mission and get to that particular cutscene, which we will get to. You were talking about like the skill trees and all of that. And I found it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on, on how it takes you like to the end of the game to get to that point. But I found the actual like skill trees and leveling up so refreshing because some yes. games, some games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla take it to like the most ridiculous like extremes where that game like trying to level up in that game I would just get so mad because you'd open a tree and there's like 15 branches then another branch and then it's like all over the place and it's so hard to just decide how to level up so this one was cool it was not super RPG but enough to give you that feel um, yeah. but not overwhelming either to where you're like, oh, okay, so I'm going to do dual lightsabers. I'm going to max that out and max this out. And then I have enough for this over here, you know, and it worked so well. I think Assassin's Creed, I know we're not talking about them, but, you know, the same the same company is in charge of outlaws. They should take note of, of the leveling up system here. Don't overdo yes. this leveling up stuff anymore because it makes me not want to play the game. I don't want it to be complicated. Like Skyrim's leveling system is complex. Skyrim skill trees are intense and everything is so tailored to that role play experience. And I think um, Survivor took quite a lot of cues from Skyrim, especially in terms of sort of randomly spawning enemies, uh, interactions with those enemies. Like you could suddenly get like two ATSTs and like a bunch of raiders appear at the same time. And then like a rancor pops up out of nowhere and they're all fighting <laughs> right. each other. And you can just stand on a cliff and just watch. I really that. love that. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciated that. That was a cool, like just the random events going on. 
Yeah, the gameplay, though, overall was really solid. I can't really think of anything I would nitpick on. Um, combat was way better than Fallen Order. Oh, 100%. I have written next to combat mechanics a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'll I'll go with you there. And I mean, if you want to dig into some of the combat, one of the one of my favorite things to do was uh, you could do like forced lift and then yes. spin a stormtrooper around and use him to shoot at other stormtroopers. I don't know if you tried that. No, that was one of my favorite things to do. You just turn them on their enemies and just let them Ooh, mow them down. I did, that was it. I did that with the ones with the flamethrowers because they're always absolutely relentless. So if you can grab that one first and then you can just flamethrower everyone in your way. Um, and then you could also do like the mind trick. So I would do, I did the mind trick on the flamethrower guys to burn the, um, the purge troopers. Cause those guys were annoying to fight. <laughs> so, nice. so use the flamethrower guys to, to weak them down, weaken them a little bit. I don't, oh, I do have a nitpick that I wrote down in here. Oh, um, there were certain enemies that you would fight and you would like dodge or jump and they would rubber band right to you and hit you anyways. Yeah. I think That's sometimes annoying. the kind of combat AI was a little off. Mm-hmm. The fighting didn't feel repetitive in that sense. Like it wasn't just unless you were using your dark side powers, it wasn't like a one hit, one kill. It was you had to break their guard to then attack, to take health off. Um, so many weapon combinations, so many varieties of lightsaber fighting, which meant the kind of fight slash death animations were endless. I never got tired of specifically with the mm-hmm. battle droids. Mm. An awful lot of fun to pick them up in the air and hold them there and just hear what they were going to say. <laughs> those poor battle droids. I don't know how many of those I force pushed off of cliffs. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that rolls into like the different fighting stances that you could choose from mm-hmm. too to, to where it didn't feel like boring because there were moments in the game where you had to change up your stances yes. uh, just to fight particular bosses or whatever. But... You could also just pick whatever you wanted. I stuck with the dual lightsabers and then the lightsaber and blaster, just because I thought the blaster was a cool touch to this game. Yes, um, very I much didn't, so. I didn't use it a lot, but there were moments where when I was riding, God, I keep, was it Neku? The little Neko. Neko, thank you. I keep saying it wrong. Um, <laughs> you could actually shoot while you're riding it or use your lightsaber. I thought that that was a cool touch. Uh, but I, I liked that you could do different stances i mean you could in the other game but it was just the two and you didn't have skill trees for them i don't think so this was a good addition uh one of my favorite things with the dual lightsabers was like it was almost like a counter where you would hold down triangle or y or whatever whichever gaming system you're on and they would hit you and you would do a counter and it would just annihilate people. I'm like, yeah. I did it. I did it all the time. I, I had a lot of fun with it. And then I think the last fight with Bode, I think it was the last fight with Bode or Dagon. I don't remember now. I switched to the crossbar, which I didn't like because it was slow, but it did so much damage. It's so powerful. It's a little bit slower, but those real kind of cleaving hits take off mm. so much health. Yeah. Nick was lightsaber and blaster. Sydney's been a big fan of the crossguard. And I like the double bladed because nice. when enemies crowd you, you can just sweep. Yeah, that was you get a cool touch. Clear space, and then you're good to go. I just had a lot of fun with the with the dual lightsabers for the most part. Just I don't know because I like using them. You get you get that option, and it's like, why the hell not use it? <laughs> yep. Why not? Why not go full Ahsoka? He holds them and uses them like Ahsoka quite a few times as well. He uses the kind of backhanded stance, which I love. Mm-hmm. 
The huge expansion in the Force abilities, mind control, push, pull, halting enemies, slowing down time. Yeah, the time slowing came in handy a lot. And then you add the dark side abilities on top of that, which gave a whole new set of even more brutal animations of like bodies contorting and exploding and heads yeah. falling off. And it's just crazy the stuff you could do. There was, uh, I'm trying to think, oh, the one power I liked where there was like a crowd of enemies, but they were spread out. If you upgraded <laughs> it, you could like do the for- force pull, but it wasn't force pull and it would like bring them all together in like a cluster. And then you no can just... No way! That sounds awesome! Yeah, so like there was a moment where I I think it was like four or five battle droids I like clumped them all together and then forced, like held down to do the force push and pushed them all off of the cliff. Amazing! <laughs> yeah, I I mean give me the force and I'll do things I shouldn't because it's a lot of fun. But uh... <laughs> You'd go dark side so fast. Yeah, I probably would. I I usually, and that's the thing, I, there, not that there was like really a big option for it in this game, but usually in the Star Wars games, I end up going dark side a lot just because it's it's so fun. It's just not, it's typically, I mean, yeah, I can go dark in real life, but for the most part, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I'm a good human and all of that. So in the video games, I'm like, forget, I'm letting loose. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, give me the force uh, lightning. You're a bad cowboy, not a good cowboy. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, I wrote another nitpick in here. Some of the puzzles in the game, okay, some, not all, some. There was, there was like a, one or two of them where you basically had to do a pointless puzzle to go through a doorway. There was one that I Googled because I'm like, you know what, screw this. It was, it was, um, God, I can't remember the name of it. You were like in some tomb or something. And there are all these little blocks that you had to force pull out, but you had to do it in a certain order. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not screwing guess. around with this. I guess correctly first time for that one. And I think if I'd have had to spend any time on it, oh boy. Really? So I think the puzzles were less annoying than the first game. Um, I'm someone who really struggles with puzzles. Like I haven't finished Breath of the Wild on the Switch. Okay. I just haven't. Like, the level of puzzle complication is too much for my little brain. I didn't hate the survivor puzzles, but the difficulty felt really varied. Um, Some were really easy and some were so hard. It made you feel really stupid for having to look them up. Oh, I know. There were a couple like, I that felt I was like... so yeah. silly going to YouTube being like, do you know survivor Kobo wreckage <laughs> puzzle solution? <laughs> yeah, there were some that were like right in front of my face where I'm like, why did yep. I have to look this up? Because yep. <laughs> I would overthink um, it instead of just looking at it. And I think it felt a bit redactive to put all of that brain energy into a puzzle to find a chest with a mullet in. Oh, oh but the mullet... Charlie, I even See, wrote this in the, my notes. Uh, the, the mullet is sexy. I will admit that the mullet is sexy, okay? It's good mullet. <laughs> but I did not have to fling around all of those. Oh, I can't say that. That's going to sound really bad. Nice. So puzzles were awful, and I didn't enjoy doing them for the sake of a hairstyle. Okay, but the mullet. The mullet. I didn't even use it, because, I mean, as anyone that listens to us that follows our Instagram saw that I had bearded bearded man bun Cal through the whole game. But there was an achievement that I saw called the Roadhouse Achievement. Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze, awesome movie. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or ever seen it. It's it's like late 80s, I think, maybe early, early 90s. But he's a bouncer at a bar called The Double Deuce, and uh, the movie's called Roadhouse. So... This has to be, it has to be like a nod to it because 
you have to drop kick an enemy while you have a mullet to get it, and it's called Roadhouse. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Patrick Swayze had a mullet ish. I think it was more like that feathered hair, but. Uh, yeah. I'm like, how is it not a nod to that film? So I had to get the achievement. So I went through the stupid steps to get the mullet just to get it. Because <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I love it. That's um, fair. That is, <laughs> you can have that one. That's fair. But yeah, there were some some things. That, yeah, you would go and do all these stupid things that, that would, yeah, not only would it take your time up, but your thinking power or your aggravation if you couldn't figure out where you had to go just to get something silly. But it's also part of the fun. Like, please don't think I'm sat here yeah. on it in slightest. That's not it at all. No, it was it was just, you know, and you didn't have to do it. That's the thing is if you, if you didn't want to do it, you didn't have to. But if you wanted to get as much as you could out of the game, it was there for you to do. And I enjoyed it. I had so much fun with this game that I really do want to play it again. Speaking on achievements, did we talk? We talked about the bounty one being glitched. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that one got patched, you got to f- basically you get to finish your bounty hunting, and you have to fight Cage, who is the same species as uh, Kit, Kit Fisto. Fisto. Yeah. Kit Fisto, justice for my boy Kit Fisto. <laughs> um, I honestly, I really liked Cage. I thought she was a really cool character. She was like a mix of Cad Bane and uh, I even wrote it down, but I'm not going to find it. But she was like kind of Cad Bane-ish. I love an accent in Star Wars as well. Yeah. She, did she have like a Southern kind of, was it um, Southern? I can't remember I now. I couldn't pinpoint whether she was uh, like Australian, Kiwi, New Zealand or South uh, South African, it was. I'd sometimes get those two a bit mixed up. Okay. So apologies if anyone listening specifically knows. I think from what I can remember, most likely Australian. Okay, I'd have to see. I'd have to hear it again because in my head I'm hearing it just being a Southern accent, but I'm probably way off because whatever. Uh, but yeah, okay. So she was like a good blending of Cad Bane and Pelimoto. I thought like she kind of had like a goobery attitude like Pelly does but like yes. like the the badass kind of style that Cad Bane had her fight that insta kill thing she did pissed me off oh 100% <laughs> i would get her to just this little sliver of health and i would just screw up enough for her to get me in that insta kill and i'd have to start over i was getting so mad if you have anything you want to say about it, just interrupt me or I'll just keep going. <laughs> because ah! one of the coolest parts of the game happens in those moments of fighting cage. Yes. Where uh, good old Boba Fett makes an appearance. I'm not here for the Jedi. No, it feels good not to be the target for once. You have no idea how valuable this woman is. Oh, hell yeah. That was cool. Totally unexpected. I had no idea. Even, um, you know, trying to figure out why I couldn't do the rest of the bounty hunter missions, not knowing that it needed to be patched or anything. I didn't get any Boba Fett spoiler or anything that he was in it. did. Did you? So we'd, like, reached the end credits. I'd reached the end credits and not been able to sort the bounty hunter thing. I tried a bunch of other things and just hadn't been able to get it working. And mm-hmm. it was running through the credits, and I wasn't particularly paying attention. And then I glanced over at the screen, and who is there in the middle of the screen? It says, Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison. And I went, what? Nice. Boba Fett? <laughs> Out loud, which then spoiled it for Nick as well. So we were both sat there a bit sad. 
bummer. Sorry, babe. Boba Fett. What did you think of that part, though? Did you play that part yet? Yes. Oh, okay. So it, yeah. um, it was patched on the PlayStation uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we managed to actually play through it and finish it. It was really cool. Okay, um, I appreciate the kind of mutual thing of Cal being like, he will shoot me in the head, but we're friends. <laughs> right. Like, we're cool. We're cool. As long as I don't come anywhere near you, we're cool. It's kind of weird, though, because now I'm just now thinking of this. Boba kind of doesn't like Jedi, especially nope. at this point in his mm-hmm. life. It was a, a big move of him to focus only on kind of the bounty right. rather than, oh, there's a Jedi. But he didn't put that gun down. <laughs> oh, no, he did not put that gun down. Also, the armor was looking particularly shiny, particularly squeaky clean. Oh, yeah. Like he just really nice iteration of like Boba Fett and his prime. Um, I really I just I loved the stare down with him. You know, as you guys are kind of going he your comes separate ways. in on the jetpack as well, like an absolute yeah. badass. Yep. <laughs> it was uh, definitely one of my favorite moments of the game. Probably a top three. It was just, it was that cool. Unexpected. Um, he looked great, like you said. All nice and clean. <laughs> it was super nice to see Tamara Morrison return for that role. I know he will always do anything if it involved Boba Fett. Yeah, that was a nice touch, because as soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, okay, cool. They got, they yeah, got Tamura to do it. It's <laughs> so instantly recognizable. And having looked online, nobody can agree what Cage's accent was supposed to be. The actress who voices her is Canadian, but oh. it seems to be an odd blend of Australian, New Zealand, and South African. Nice. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense, because she's from space, not from Australia, New Zealand, or South Africa. Oh, one thing I did want to mention before we before I forget, since it's way at the bottom, um, the soundtrack in the game was really good. Uh, I actually play it on Spotify here and there when I'm doing stuff around the house. So yeah, I've added um, it to the work playlist. We've had it on at work before. Nice, it's a really good one. Some music hey. from Who again, who I absolutely adore as a band. Ah. Like fantastic musicians, super super nice to hear them back again. Um, when you talk to the DJ and the DJ's assistant, she mentions Max Rebo quite a few times. Oh, does she? Which seems to be like a long-running joke that Matt Rebo doesn't appear for his performances that he's scheduled for, and they make a, a passing joke about that. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> catch that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, The Who is really good, by the way. They did uh, they did a song with, well, it's not the obviously the old singer of Alice in Chains because he's dead, but the guy that kind of took his spot, uh, they did a song with him. And I feel like that should have been in the game. It was like real, like not like pop rock, but poppy, like drum beat. Like mm. it was like a war, kind of a war song. And it was really good. I like those guys. I had never heard of them until I played Fallen Order. No, I hadn't either. They're Mongolian, I believe. Yes. And it's, it's funny. like throat singing and it's very cool. Oh, um, breaking news which won't really be breaking anymore, but we're recording at the time that it happened. Uh, the HasLab is the ghost from Rebels. $500 no. freaking dollars. <laughs> Are you going to do it? Are you going to buy it? Gonna- Probably, but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> it comes with, I think, Hera and somebody else, and then the next tier, if it goes up, the next tier is Ezra and then Kanan and Zeb. So it'll have most of the ghost crew. Looks really cool. It's gorgeous. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, because you can take the roof off of it. Like, no. Yeah, it's got like the the little ship. What did they call it? The Phantom is attached to it. So, yeah. Yeah, the first tier is the vehicle. Then here is Sindula with three accessories. Ezra Bridger with five accessories. Kanan with five accessories. And then Zeb already reached 2,000, over 2,000 backers. And it's $500. (sighs) 
I know people have been clamoring for it. I was, I'm not disappointed, but I was hoping it was going to be the Ewok Village. There were a lot of rumors of it being the Ewok Village. That would have been really cool to have. I just put money in that if it was the Ewok Village, straight up. Oh, it's the Kanan with the beard, too. Cool. Yeah. He comes with his, um, when he cuts his hair off and he's blind as well. Damn, those are some badass looking figures. Oh, wait, Ezra comes with a loth cat. Amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bye-bye bank account. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cool to not have. Okay, back to Jedi Survivor here. What else, since I've ripped through 90% of my notes, what else do you got? So I wanted to briefly run through the customization. Um, I love the variety of costumes and hair. It felt much more expansive and much more kind of color options and choices for this game. Um, mm-hmm. I know you pre-ordered the game, didn't you? So you got like like the Obi-Wan costume and like the Han Solo costume. Yeah. Were those parts like fun to play around with in terms of customization? I do feel sad that I was missing like some, I guess, what you'd call traditional Jedi robes. Like I saw the Kenobi ones and they look really cool. I mean, honestly, I like I I got the the Kenobi one and never went back. So oh, <laughs> was, like, fair. Just, that's fair. I, I, I changed I, like I changed his hairstyle like once or twice, but as soon as I got the man bun and the full beard and the Obi Wan, you were set. Just, yeah, and like Leto, he's funny. He's like, that's just that's just you in Star Wars yeah. talking about me. So I'm like, yeah, that okay, is actually that's, that's why I picked. <laughs> and then I've I've shown you this, but you know this is my custom that I haven't shown off online yet. So <gasps> I had to. Johnny, that's I had really to make fucking him. cool. Thank you. It is by far the best custom I've made. So just because I like did his hair and beard with like sculpt stuff and it was cool. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. Nice. So I can't really speak too much to it, but I loved that you could like it felt more. It's just RPG elements where you can actually change the way your character looks. If you want him to be, you know, if you want him to look like he did in the first game, you had that option because all the clothing was there. The hairstyle was there. I've seen people with like the handlebar mustache cow and. You could just do whatever you wanted with him and all the different outfits. It just it felt like a full game this time around because of that. And that's another part of like the mods I can't wait for whenever I play it on PC. I don't even know if there's mods out yet. There probably are, but I'm sure there's going to be a ton of other options, you know. Um, oh, I there's a lot for the modding. I'm sure. Like I, one thing I'm kind of surprised they didn't add into the game was a hood. So, speaking of, you may be, I've just sent you a bunch of pictures because I was going to show them to you while we're recording, but I can't screen share because it absolutely messes with the call. So, fans of PC gaming are often very fond of digging through game files to see if there's anything hidden in the depths of the files that wasn't used in the final game. YouTuber Azatrue uncovered some really interesting little bits. Respawn had planned to include helmets. Um, There are examples of icons that would have possibly been used. And you can see little, I sent you pictures of this, like an Endor helmet. Yeah, the speeder bike thing. Um, And a a helmet that looks strangely like Starkiller. Um, Oh, that's cool. The the Starkiller helmet is connected to a series of assets that look a lot like Fallen Order. Um, There's a, a picture where there's lots of pictures of Cal's face. He looks younger. He's missing his scars. Um, a bunch more different hairstyles and facial hairstyles. There's a Jedi braid. There's a full handlebar mustache, a buzz cut, a quiff. There's even a Justin Bieber. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
There are also loads of icons for unmade outfits. There's an armor set with a chrome chest plate, which is similar to Mando. I think that would have been super cool. Totally. There also even seems to be evidence of a food and drink system that was never put into the final game. There are icons for food, drink, and credits. There's a a drinks menu, a burger icon, and the symbol for Ogre's Cantina. No kidding. Um, I would highly recommend going and looking at um, Azatru's video on YouTube. He he really breaks down kind of what he found in all of these files. It's really, really interesting. That's really cool. current world speed record run is under 30 minutes. People have found that you can spawn Tanalor. While you're still on Kobo, you don't have to go to any of the other planets. Really? You just glitch through some walls, drop into the elevator, pick up the array, go back to the Mantis before it's spawned in and been repaired, and there it is on the table. Huh. And off you go. Defeat Bode in the credits roll. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and to wrap us up, I just have a bunch of like little bits and facts and easter eggs and things from the game um the voice of the battle droids was the actor from revenge of the sith and the clone war series matthew wood oh okay the battle droids were particularly entertaining in this game there were loads of little quips and side mentions and references and even just standing a distance from them to listen to them for a little bit was interesting oh my god yeah yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. They were so like straight out of the Clone Wars style like yes. conversations. Um, did you run into like those stormtroopers that were just kind of like one of them would just be chilling somewhere talking to himself? Yep. <laughs> did you force push him off? The... I did. Every yeah. single time I came across someone sat cross-legged by an edge, I'd be like, oh, how unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved Pylon Saloon. I loved constantly being encouraged to go back and speak to characters and catch up on updates about their, about them. It felt very much like Cheers. Mm. Um, I've only just started watching that sitcom and I'm absolutely so in love good. with it. It's so good. It is so, especially now that I work in customer service and I work in a business where we have regulars, we have people who come in and tell us about <laughs> their lives and their drama and their business. and Norm! <laughs> Um, and all this like gossip and drama and it made you want to keep going in and speaking to everybody. Did you spot the phase two clone trooper helmet and Jabba sail barge in Pylune Saloon? I did not. I'll have ah. to go back and look. Yes. I honestly, I didn't spend that much time in the, in the saloon. No. I probably should have because I missed out on some good content, There's I guess. Brilliant but... conversations in the background. Um, Color Tactics was really fun. Um, I'm a huge Yu-Gi-Oh fan. I'm a huge like tabletop card game fan. And okay. Color Tactics really felt like playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Was it real easy for you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like it was super easy. I, I the only reason I even did it was because there was an achievement for it, and I'm like, oh, screw it, it can't be that hard. And I like ripped through it so fast. I was like, but it was fun. Like you could have a. Um, not a rancor. What was that other thing? It was like kind of rancor looking. You could just pick yes. one of those and it would just go in and destroy the other person's ad ads and stuff. Yeah, that was so much fun. Speaking of those smaller aspects of the game, I didn't even cover like I call it like cozy gaming. Um, I love like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Disney Dreamlight Valley. I love those kind of low effort, high dopamine rewards farm collect gather farm collect gather rinse and repeat and i was really happy to see some of these mechanics brought into like a triple a title um Mm. collecting seeds and organizing the garden took up many hours of my gameplay it went from being completely (laughs) disorganized to then color coded we had red blue yellow green and pink um (laughs) 
and then I'd do it all again because I wasn't happy with it. Um, it was nice to take a break from the kind of serious side of being a Jedi to go and just blow off some steam for Cal to do some self-care. That was sweet. That's um, great. And how can we not talk about Skooma? What oh, a, a fantastic yeah. little guy. Um, finding him on the various planets, like walking somewhere and hearing him in the distance <laughs> near a body of water. And his tales of mutiny and mischief were some of the most interesting in the game. He was a fun character. I need an, I need a little action figure of him. Yes. He was cool. Yes. Something that I totally forgot to mention that I, I think should be mentioned is there is a missable achievement in the game. There is? Yeah, uh, it's called You've Got a Friend. It's one we kind of talked about. It's where you can have Bode or Marin do like attack moves with you. Ah. And they don't really kind of tell you that you can do it with Bode. It just sort of happens. Oh. But then when Marin shows up, I think it even comes up on the screen. Yeah. Um, So I totally missed it. And the only way that you can get it is if you start a new game. (gasps) So, I mean, I guess since we just spoiled the hell out of the game, anyone that's finished it is screwed like me. But, you know, I feel like it's Damn. still worth mentioning. Seems rare these days that there's a missable achievement, but that that was one of them. I had like three. I think I left, no, two on the table. It was the Force Tears and that one that I didn't mm-hmm. get. Otherwise, I, I maxed all those out. But uh, uh, Rick, the door technician, was a direct reference to Adam Driver's SNL sketch that involved Matt, the radar technician. Is that, oh my God, why did I not put those Um, together? (laughs) Kylo Ren has an eight pack. I saw it in the shower. (laughs) That was, oh, that was such a good skit. (laughs) I, uh, I remember being, I felt really guilty. I was expecting this huge boss fight and he dies in one hit. And I I felt awful. I felt really awful. That poor man was just trying to do his job and I slaughter him in cold blood. My first thought was, they better not make this like one of the hardest fights in the game. I, was, I would have been I so know, mad. It was, I'm uh, like, oh, it was easy. There is an XJ6 airspeeder that can be found on both Coruscant and Kobo. This is the same model of speeder that Anakin uses to pursue Zan Wessel after the failed attempt of Padme Amidala's life. Yep. Saw nice it. to see that pop up. Uh, um, I couldn't find the one with the right color. and the. <laughs> so here I am on Kobo, minding my own business, wandering around, having a good time, having a little explore. And all of a sudden, the floor opens underneath me and I fall. I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling. And what do I fall into? The pit of son of Ogda Bogdo. Yep. I didn't know he was going to be in it. I didn't know they were even going to bring the character back. I love that they throw you into it when you've got no powers, no abilities, no skill tree, (laughs) because that's the point of it. It's supposed to be impossible. It's supposed to be something you come back to after hours and hours of trying. (laughs) That's so funny. I did not stumble across him. I went I went and looked for him later because that was one of the other achievements was to fight all the uh, legendaries. Yeah, so you I got screwed. So, I got spooked to death by the horrible <laughs> little frog creature. See, I had to do the whole, this fight is going to suck. I know it's going to suck. <laughs> he was hard to fight. He had one of those one-hit kills. Um, the tongue. Ugh. Yeah, but I don't think he was as difficult as... Uh, his father in, in Fallen Order. That no. one was almost impossible. And then there's the Force Tear where you fight both of them. No Hell thanks. On <laughs> Did you find the posing Mogu? So yeah. if you go into the Harvest Ridge cave and position yourself along one of the walls, you can find a hidden, like, I call them squeezy gaps. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the walls that you squeeze in between. There's a hidden mm-hmm. one of those that you can clip into. And you okay. follow it and follow it and follow it, and it goes on for absolutely ages. And when it opens up, it's a hidden cavern 
where there's a mogu posing like Rose in the Titanic like this. <laughs> and there are baffle droids around it in a semicircle with easels and paintbrushes painting it. Oh, my God. I need to find that. Which planet? Uh, Kobo in Kobo. The, uh, the Harvest Ridge Cave. That's, yeah, I need to go and find I'll that. I'll send you the video on how to find it. <laughs> That's so good. That's so goofy. <laughs> I thought I'd gotten like stuck. I thought I'd clipped out of bounds, but it's just an incredibly long like tunnel. I love when they throw the goofy stuff in these games. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: the hidden path originally started in Fallen Order. Um, really? It was originally thrown about as like the when I say like MacGuffin, you like you know what I'm on about. That was going to mm-hmm. be the thing that Cal was looking for, the hidden path. But it got changed to like the holocron with the Jedi kids' names in, um, kind of much, much later on in production and later on in the story writing. So I think the hidden path that stuff got put aside for this game. Okay. Um, That's pretty cool. Eno Cordova straight up name drops Qui-Gon Jim. Did I miss that or do I just not mm-hmm. remember it? He's having a conversation with Cal lent against one of the um, like tables in the Jedi archives. I think Cal asks him about Master Qui-Gon or someone asks about Master Qui-Gon and Eno says they were good friends. I do, okay, that does ring a bell, yeah. Broke my heart. Um, loved Turgle. I love frogs in general. <laughs> I'm just, I'm quite obsessed with frogs. So he was very special. I very much enjoyed his presence in the game. And the fact that one of our first acts on Kobu was to save him was... Um, right. Yeah! You like frogs, just like Grogu. Yeah. Would you eat Turgle? No. Oh, okay. Looks a bit leathery. Also, I'm a vegan. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot. Yeah, that's that is me. Finally, through my notes for this. Okay, I got two things. Okay, two things. Uh, One, did you stick with one colored lightsaber, or did you switch them around a lot? I switched them around a lot because I'm fussy. Okay. (laughs) And getting to play with the red lightsaber in New Game Plus, ten out of ten. Oh, you can. Yeah. That's cool. I was hoping. You can have the red lightsaber from the beginning. Nice. Um, I used orange whole game. You were orange? That's um, that's what I always use. I like it. It I don't know why. It tended to shift between sort of green, blue. Uh, When Sydney wasn't using red, she was using pink. Yeah, sort of switched between yellow, blue, and green. I did a lot of like Ray themed outfits, Ray themed BD1, Ray themed blaster, Ray themed costume, which obviously meant as close as I could get to Ray at a yellow lightsaber. Right. A Ray through, if you will. <laughs> I think Very I posted cool. that on my story when I first started playing. I've got like the bun and like the, the stubble, and he's got like the gray shirt on and the wraps. And the fact that you can do that in the game is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the hell of it, I rated the game. Yeah. And I gave it a nine and a half out of 10. Ooh. Where would you rank it? I'd, I'd probably say like a nine. I've okay. raised a couple of nitpicks, a couple of criticisms. So I think if I count all of that together, that deducts at least a point. Otherwise it would be like a nine and a half slash 10, okay. but like a strong nine. It did exactly what I wanted it to do. I came out of it with another new favorite Star Wars game that I can't wait to go back and play in a bit, like in a few months, pick it back up again and play through the story. And Absolutely. Definitely one of my favorites by just far. Just hope we don't have to wait too long for the next one. I know. I mean, the fact that they're like starting to like gather their team and stuff for it, I think is a good sign, but it's still going to take a while. I can't remember. It wasn't did too long. Did you apply? Long. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I was going to. 
and uh what was there was a god there was something like eight years experience and something and i'm like well i don't have that so they're not even gonna look at me (laughs) so i was like "Uh, i think i'll just pass but it did motivate me to start building up a uh a resume geared towards my creative uh skills on linkedin so something good has hopefully come of it that I've geared that towards something fun rather than just something to make money. So, mm-hmm. but that's Jedi Survivor. What an incredibly sensational game! Hell yeah! I don't really have anything else to add. Nope. I think that that we obviously we love the game, and we did love the game. I guess everybody out there, tell us what you think of it, thought of it. Yes, please do. I'd love to hear what other people thought. I love hearing what people's like combat preferences are, what stances they prefer, what the customization like the customization preferences are. Wish we could have customized the mantis. Wish they'd brought that back. They're oh yeah, that was something you could do in the other to be game. some bits about that in the hidden game files. Um, hmm. There are a couple of icons that showed the mantis, which seem to imply customization options. But I'm guessing because they added like BD1 body parts, not just coloring, and then the blaster, it was maybe a bit much. Yeah. Which I can understand. They should just do DLC and add other stuff. Yeah. So They won't, but they should. I agree. All right. I think we're going to run out of here. All right. Radio gmail.com. Yes. At Radio on the socials and Charlie. You can come and find me at, at Running Back to Jakku. I have just hit 2,500 followers. Yay! Nice. I'll be sure to unfollow to drop that for you. It's fine. People keep doing it already. So I've been, I've been, I've been two point five k, and then two four nine nine, and then two point five, and then two four nine nine. It, mm. whatever. I'm in my head. I've made it. All right. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. We'll catch everybody next week. May the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. Bye. Do it, Admiral Yet. <laughs>